presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere. Hello, 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 everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Oil Country Podcast. NHL season is suspended, but we're still going strong. This is episode 49 presented by the Hockey Podcast Network. Every team, everywhere, as well as proudly partnered with Alley Cat Brewery. Use code word. I always do this code word. Use keyword, whatever, whatever you want, coupon word. Tell them the word THPN and get 10% off your bill at Alley Cat Brewery. As always, I'm your host, John from Edmonton, Alberta. Joining me from Montreal, Quebec is Kyle. Kyle, what's going on, dude? Not much. Uh, I'm a little bit shooken right now. Uh, are you shooketh? Shooketh, yeah. Uh, I was thinking back to the ad read I did about coronavirus, what, like a month ago now? <laughs> yeah, that one doesn't look very good, man. Right? I'm not going to lie, that doesn't look good on you. Yeah, so that was a thing. But uh, but anyways, I also had to deal with the absolute bomb mentality around Montreal. You said it wasn't so bad in Edmonton. I had a buddy in Calgary that said it was horrible um it's definitely getting worse now is it i feel like what was that today's saturday that we're recording i feel like it was kind of like friday afternoon it kind of flipped a switch because it would have been yeah it was friday when like trudeau's wife got announced that she had it and like a bunch of different like rules came into place with like the public gatherings and stuff and i feel like that's when like people kind of started started not not like pandemonium freaking out but you could definitely tell you know, it, it was a different feeling in the air when you were in public. Like people were definitely concerned. Well, I uh, I went to the grocery store by myself, like right after they announced it was a pandemic, and I I bought my toilet paper and paper towel and stuff. But I needed yeah. it anyways. I didn't buy backup. Like I had one roll. Yeah, ask. yeah. <laughs> uh, and I just bought one package. I wasn't a hoarder. But uh, but yeah, it, it was pretty calm when I went then. But uh, later that day, it went back with my. Or actually, sorry, it was the next day went back with my girlfriend and my god man it was it was the craziest i've ever seen a grocery store actually it was the second time i've seen a grocery store like that i i i grew up in canmore uh in the mountains there so in 2013 there was the flood that was the only other time i've seen grocery stores like that but that was a pretty specific uh situation but like dude we waited in a lineup for an hour it was nuts there was almost like there people almost started fighting like five carts behind us because somebody tried to cut in line and was going down like a different aisle rather than wrapping around to the freezer aisle. It was, it was actually insane. It it was, you could just sense that everybody was on edge and that anybody could just leap and start, you know, a ride at any moment. Kind of kickstart that somebody makes a dumb decision, a dumb mistake and and makes a bad decision. And it just turns into pandemonium. Man, I was like, this is day one and, Things aren't even yeah. like that bad, quote unquote, yet. And like, holy fuck, man. Like just it, it just kind of showed me just a glimpse of like how fast society could crumble. Like that grocery store could have went into chaos if somebody did the wrong thing. Right. And it just yeah. takes one person to make the wrong move. And like, holy shit, man. That that place, everybody just being on edge already just would have just went insane. Yeah. I've been really lucky where I've been off since Tuesday off work. So, you know, like I think it was Wednesday. Yeah. Wednesday and Thursday. I went to the grocery store both days and, you know, it wasn't like 
doomsday shopping, but was just making sure I was stocked up in case shit got worse and hearing all this stuff about like starting to like run low on certain supplies. So I made sure I stocked up on, you know, like rice and pasta and canned goods and a ton of chicken breast. I have like so much chicken breast in my freezer right now, but it was nice in that way. Cause I was shopping at like 10 30 in the morning on a Wednesday or Thursday and hearing the stories of what it was like Friday and today, like Costco's and stuff like that. It's absolute, you know, crazy just hearing about that. I know my roommate, um, was DDing a couple buddies yesterday. They're, uh, I think getting ready for a wedding. Yeah. They're doing like a suit fitting and stuff today. But anyways, they went out for a couple drinks last night and they stopped at Walmart on the way back at like 10 30 last night just to grab some munchies or whatever as they were going back to their house. And it was strict. And they, they said it was just an absolute zoo at like 10.30 p.m. Oh, really? It was still busy. Walmart. Yeah. Oh, like, I thought you were going to say it was like just about, empty, but everything was like no, stripped they, bare. And like, yeah. They said there was like two older women that were like practically like fighting over, I can't remember if it was like toilet paper or paper towel or something, but there was like one left of something and like two like 65, 70 year old women were like fighting over it. And it's just like, holy shit, it's, it's nuts, but... You know, I do want to talk about some of the like, obviously we're going to get into the NHL decision just, and everything, but sorry, did you have something else to say, Kyle? I, I just want to say that uh, just in general, people need to just chill out and that there's no shortage of supplies anytime soon, right? Like the stores might have gone barren because that's what one store could hold and people freaked out, but there's still trucks coming in and every company that makes, you know, toilet paper or whatever else it may be is going to stock those shelves right back up. Like I'm sure shelves are fine today, tomorrow, the next day and will be. So like get your supplies and get, get what you need for two weeks. But, but yeah, people need to, to definitely slow down, but, but at the same time, take precaution. <laughs> I think it's funny because not, not funny, haha, but like weird that some people seem to be wildly underreacting and you see the comments of like, why is everybody freaking out? This is just the flu. And then you see people that are like overreacting into panic. And it's just like, I don't understand. And there's a lot of people obviously in the middle ground too. But like oh, those people on like either side, it's like, I don't understand why you can't be like, okay, this is serious, but I'm going to keep my wits about me. Like I'm not, you know, I'm going to be smart about this and I'm going to stock up, but I'm not going to freak out and panic and like risk my and other people's safety over it, you know? And, and as far as like getting into the positives, you're seeing a lot, you know, just on Twitter, for instance, and like, I'm sure it's on Facebook and all, all over everything else. There's a lot of people stepping up and like offering to buy and deliver supplies for people that aren't able to like, whether they can't drive or maybe they're elderly and scared to go out in public and in case they get infected or immunocompromised or they're already sick, stuff like that. So there's a lot of people stepping up and saying, you know, like offering their services of like, I will go pick up shit for you as long as you're comfortable to pay me or like pay for the supplies and I'll drop it off your doorstep. So obviously that's not just happening in Edmonton, but I believe on Twitter it was Mike Dursa did that. So shout out to Mike. I'm sure like anyone listening that's a Twitter user probably knows who he is. He's definitely one of the more popular um, Oilers fans on the, on Oilers Twitter, but great guy and, and really big props to him for, for stepping up. Sorry. I think there's a couple other people that I'm just blanking on their names. So not that they're doing anything less, you know, but I, I just remember Mike off the top of my head there, but it is one of those things where you see our society's just like so stressed out and on edge right now. And there is a lot of silver linings, you know, not to sound 
cheesy or cliche, but there's a lot of people like coming together and doing good things and helping each other and like being concerned about one another as well as on, you know, like the country scale as well. Like rip on China for everything that's happened here with this disease as much as you want. And, and rightfully so, like, we're not going to get into that. They obviously made some mistakes, but also, you know, like before, like Italy sending a bunch of supplies to them as far as medical supplies and testing kits and now them returning the favor. And I think how you said it was a Chinese businessman that sent like um, half a million testing kits to the States. I don't know the number, but he sent a a bunch. I think it was. Maybe that was my roommate saying. So yeah, sorry, don't quote me on that, but like a lot, a lot of stuff there. So it it is one of those things that kind of, to use the cliche, restores your faith in humanity a little bit that like we're actually working together to combat this and, and, you know, presumably and hopefully overcome it. Agreed. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I I just think that, like you said, kind of the extremes on both sides, just, yeah, both people need to like calm down as well as like fear is a good thing, but just in a small dose, I guess. Right. Just like you said, you got some pasta, got some canned goods, just Got it. Got enough just in case. But I mean, I did too. And it's just sitting in a bag off to the side in my house right now. Yeah. Like we're still eating fresh food, still living life like fairly normal right now. But in a week or two, yeah, we still have who knows? You, we wherever, might be in like, Italy's situation. So to just take precautions and have those things is not a bad thing, right? So and the, the um, thing I will say about that, and like just to kind of acknowledge our privilege, where. You and I are both in a situation like I know you live with your girlfriend, but like we don't have dependents. Right. And I I can imagine like I can't imagine if I was a person living paycheck to paycheck that had like five kids. And now you're in a situation where it's like, oh, my God, I've got to, you know, typically I'm getting that like two week paycheck and providing for everybody for two weeks. Now I've got to plan two, four weeks into the future. So. I can understand from like other people's perspectives that like the panic might set in, but also like, you know, look for people for help, like in those situations, obviously I'm not saying that's easy. Like I, I'm, you have my, my empathy and, and sympathy there for the, for sure. Um, but it is just the people that aren't in that situation where you see like the sheer panic and like, just like take a breath. It's, it's most likely going to be okay. I mean, I don't want to be like, it's going to be fine. Everybody chill out. Cause like, it's scary. It's, you know, we're in a crisis. The thing is though, is I feel like a lot of people freaking out aren't in that situation. They're just freaking out. Well, the people that are buying like overbuying stuff have the money to do it. So sorry, that's a really good point. Um, and that's blind to me to not see that. We, we talked about people being POSs as, and we're not going to get into that discussion again, but as far as racking up the playoff price tickets, obviously that's kind of irrelevant at this point, but the real POSs are the people buying like thousands of bottles of hand sanitizer and selling them for like a hundred dollars. Like, man, I can't, you know, we're not going to focus on the negatives. There's a lot of silver linings, but all I'm going to say about, it, I just, I can't believe people do that and like live with themselves. Like that's, it's disgusting to be honest. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's it's something that's bound to happen with any tragedy. People try to profit off of it. I like that. It is, but it shouldn't. No, it shouldn't. Like, agree. It, it like, like I, I get yeah, your point that like that's kind I, of I'm human not trying nature, to, but like yeah, I'm not trying to gloss over it. No, I'm I like sorry. that. I know you're not and Amazon it, yeah. have shut a couple people down though. Kijiji in general just saying they'll shut down anybody who sells toilet paper, or, um, hand sanitizer, whatever, all like all that. Yeah, yeah, that's unfortunately something that's going to happen. I mean. It's 
it's sad, but it is human nature. But anyways, I mean, we should move on to some hockey talk, right? We've we've lost over this for yeah. 10 minutes. Yeah, let's do it. Yeah. Even though we're going to have to still talk about it still going into the NHL suspension, but yeah. For sure. And like, let's quickly kind of lay out our loose plan right now. So obviously, I mean, we're not going to be doing our game recaps or game previews until we, you know, understand what's going on and the crisis kind of settles down and the NHL makes a statement, which I, I mean, we're looking at, I think, what did they say? They were going to reevaluate like end of March, start of April. And that's probably like wishful thinking that anything's going to happen at that point. But we're looking at least two weeks, most likely longer. But that doesn't change things for us at, you know, Kyle and I here at Oil Country Podcast, as well as the Hockey Podcast Network. We're going to continue powering through and putting out content. We're just going to kind of switch gears a little bit. So our plan as of right now is we're going to look into um, Oilers history. So we're going to kind of do every episode year by year, starting right from the get go of like the WHA days and moving up. And I think like, uh, you know, we're going to do deep dives on this specifically because I think a lot of our listeners are, you know, that similar, like 20, maybe a little bit younger, but that like 18 to like 30, 35 year old range where most of us weren't alive or old enough to remember that. So we're going to dive into those early years and just kind of go until NHL season comes back um, and, and try and learn something. So we're, we're not going to obviously like everybody knows the, the Gretzky and the Messier and the Curry's and stuff like that, but we're going to go, you know, like how that team was formed and, and the different, you know, different events that turned into that dynasty and how it fell apart and, and went from there into the nineties eventually, if it, if it goes that long. So we are still kind of figuring out our schedule, um, with the network, we're kind of waiting on some stuff there. Obviously, everything's been moving like really fast. So we don't have like concrete, concrete timelines. But nonetheless, as of right now, we are still going to be producing content on our regular days and we'll keep you guys posted. And we're stoked to kind of switch gears and and get a little bit of, you know, creative and, and hopefully learn some things. We'll definitely will learn some things, but we're looking forward to that. I'm sad and it sucks that the season's over. It's, it's at the same time kind of cool how... I mean, I mean, sorry, it's it's a tragedy, I guess, how people are getting sick and people are going to die here. But at the same time, to, know, to live through history too, though, is, is kind exactly. of neat. And to be... This is one of those things that like you're going to be telling people, you know, you're going to be telling younger people about this in like 20, 30, 40, 50 years of like what it was like to live through this. So in that aspect, it's interesting for sure. I made the mistake yesterday of using the word cool too. And then I was like... Damn, people are dying. Yeah, it's not the right. I probably should, but (laughs) it's the word cool. But yeah, you know, hopefully everybody listening knows what we mean there. Where like it is interesting, right? Like it's, you know, obviously we we hope for everyone's safety and that we all pull through this. But this is a moment in history, man. This is probably one of the biggest events in in most of our lives. You know, dating right into the like housing crash in 2008 and the different tsunamis and, and stuff and like natural disasters in that way, as well as like dating back to like nine 11 in our lifetime. Right. So it, it's obviously terrible, but at, an interesting moment in history to live through as well. At the same time, I'm also obviously very upset that the NHL season is over that I can't go to the F1 in Montreal this year or concerts or whatever I planned. Right. But I mean, that's part of the sacrifice and, and everything. Yeah, and it, it sucks. And it's it's one of those things where, like, sometimes there's things that are more important than sports, course, right? And yeah. I think, you know, we, we talked about it briefly when, you know, when Kobe Bryant had died. Obviously, this is a vastly different situation, not comparing the two. But it, it's yet another reminder that, like, there's, you know, there's some stuff that 
we take for granted. And there's some stuff that, you know, we need to be reminded of every once in a while, not saying, you know, I, I'm a pretty positive person. So like, maybe that's kind of a, like using this just like optimistic and, and blessing in disguise, even though it's really not a blessing, but that is the one thing that like, there's stuff that's more important than hockey. And we're obviously going to keep sharing our love for hockey and talking about it and, and push through this, but it, it's a yet another reminder that there's more important things for sure. Um, yeah, I agree. I think it's, it's, it's kind of a taboo thing to say, like what we've been fringing on, right. Saying it's cool to live through history and, and whatnot. Uh, oh my God, dude, I totally lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. Uh, get your shit together, Kyle. <laughs> That's okay, Pay, attention. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Pay attention. So let's start with the owners here, Kyle, because this is an easy one to rip on. And it's not even something that I'm like, usually when Kyle, I knew when, you were going to start here, I'm sorry for laughing, but oh my God, yeah. just, I was waiting for this. I, I wanted, I was just waiting for you to rip on Calgary. I was waiting for it. No, it is. And it's, it's one of those things that it's like, this is like a human issue, not even like a, oh wow. Like Calgary is really dropping the ball. Like usually anytime they drop the ball, I'm like stoked because we get to talk about it on the podcast. But I'm actually like kind of disgusted with them. And it's not just like, a, oh, I hate Calgary. It's a genuinely shitty thing to do. So the Oilers and the OEG, who also were kind of slow on it, but likely like, you know, they met, they discussed and they made the decision to bridge the gap between the EI pay and fill in the expected lost wages of their part time employees for the remainder of the NHL season. And Calgary, both Calgary and Winnipeg have said that they're not going to do that. So Calgary, I saw an email that was posted online from the Calgary ownership that was more or less saying that due to the Alberta code of labor, they're only required to pay for canceled shifts within 24 hours notice. So anything that has over 24 hours, pretty much minus that Wednesday when the league suspended, they're not paying them at all. And you're talking about a team that just had taxpayer dollars pledged $295 million for your new arena, and you can't fucking step up to the plate and pay your 1,500-some part-time employees. And it's gross. Like, we're talking about the silver linings and the people stepping up to help one another. And Calgary's more or less like, we're not legally required to do this. Claim EI. And it's shitty. And, and I'm not even like, and I flames fans feel the same way. Like I'm not even taking this as an opportunity to like rip on flames fans or anything. Cause I know they're just as disgusted and it's fucking gross, man. Like I am so glad the Oilers stepped up to do this because I would have a tough time being a fan of a team that treats their own employees that way. Like how do you go and support and give flames ownership money after that? How do you buy season tickets next year or when the season eventually comes back and not feel kind of gross that the the dude's pockets you're lining are literally taking advantage of your taxpayers and not even giving back in a time of need like that's fucking shitty sorry and rant what do you think Kyle? <laughs> i i'm do you love trying my passion? <laughs> i'm trying to think what do i even comment right now <laughs> oh it's okay if you don't have anything to add man i mean i think i kind of like hit on it there like oh sorry it's not 295 million that they're pledging it's 290 million so 
Not that big of a deal, though. Oh, yeah, okay, that five million makes it cool. <laughs> no big deal. Calgary, you can screw over anybody you want. You're good. And like, and Winnipeg too. But Winnipeg also didn't have that amount of money pledged to their arena. They get, they get compensation. I think it's through like gambling, like per provincial gambling earning split, something weird like that. Not saying it's acceptable, but just the timing of the Calgary ownership getting that money is like it couldn't look worse. Like it looks so bad on that ownership and that team. And I, I really, I'm curious to see, is a Flames player going to step up and say, I'll pledge that money? Because I think that would be a really good thing to do. Or like their team in general. Oh my God, it looks so, like, it, it looks good, but oh, it, makes, it makes the owners look so bad, like even more so if a player comes out and does it. Wouldn't you be, if you were a player that's making like six and a half million dollars, like Johnny Hockey is or Monahan is? Wouldn't you be kind of disgusted in your owners if they did that, though? Like, I, I'd be tempted to send, yeah, like, of a, I would. if obviously yeah. if they're comfortable doing that, I'm not like, that's a lot of money. They have a lot less money than owners do, even though they're millionaires. I'm not saying they should be required to do it. But if I was in that situation and I was comfortable with giving that money, I'd be pretty tempted to send that fuck you to the ownership and say, well, you know what, if you don't want to step up, I will. Well, I mean, it's pretty poor, too, that they get the tax, like, payout for the arena and then tell their employees to go on EI, which is paid for by taxpayers again, right? So exactly, yeah, yeah. it's just doubly frustrating. It's yeah, yeah. I I hope it was just a mistake. I, it looks terrible. I hope they rebound on it and pay for that. I think they will after the negative reaction online, uh, and I hope they do. But I don't think that that takes the sour taste out of your mouth for that happening, right? Because uh, they're doing yeah. it for the wrong reasons at that point. Like, yes. Yeah. They've already like you. You had said this before when you were chatting about it. They've already shown their true colors at that point. That they're just doing it because it looks bad, PR wise, and so that's what they're motivated by is people being pissed off, not actually just doing the right thing for the sake of doing the right thing. Exactly. Yeah. So well, then, just further on to your point, like it just leaves that you know, how do I feel right? buying like you still have to be a fan of the team like it's not a dig on any flames fans like you said again right For you sure. have to go to yeah, games and want to like, see your team play and it's not on the players it's not anybody but just yeah just poor poor showing from the the owners of both teams not just calgary specifically but fuck calgary in general so you know calgary yeah. And there's a lot of teams that haven't really come out and said one way or another. So that's definitely one thing I'm going to be following because it's like I, I I just feel like when you're in that position and you've been making money off of the average fan and and like we're like they're salaried employees, they're going to be required to pay. Right. But you're pretty much just looking at like look at your part time employees. Like a lot of them are young, probably not completely financially independent or have a big savings account. That's obviously a generalization. I'm sure a lot of them are older or maybe even some of them are retired and they're just doing that as like a retirement gig. They like doing it. So I'm not generalizing saying they're all, these are all 16 year old kids that are losing money. But at the end of the day, like a lot of them probably are 16 year old to like 21 year olds that don't have that big savings account to just fall back on. And then could really, really use that money. So it's, I, I don't know. And like you said, we're not ripping on Flames fans. Like this is one of those things that it goes bigger than hockey. And I'm not like, I know the Flames fans have, you know, or 99% of them anyways. I'm sure there's a couple shitheads just like there's probably a couple shithead Oilers fans that think the same way. But most people are disgusted by this. Whether you're Flames fan, Oilers fan, Canucks fan, or a baseball fan or whatever, right? It's just a bad look, like being a good human wise. So 
I don't know. I've enough of the of, enough of the negative. Sorry though. I and yeah, just to add what you said there, John. I mean, not not to make a silver lining of Calgary not paying their employees, but at least they have an EI. Like I feel so bad for anybody that's either self employed or is a contract worker and doesn't have that benefit package basically that we live with with insurance, right? Where you know you can at least get a somewhat steady paycheck hopefully coming in at a time in need um yeah just sorry to jump back on the corona talk but like my god man like it's just it's yeah harsh time for everyone and we don't want to get into like a political talk but i hope like the I government be surprised. Steps in. Yeah. yeah yeah exactly it's like you're hoping and you've seen that in italy with like mortgage payments getting postponed and stuff like that i mean if we get quarantined we're gonna have to because if not people are gonna be like defaulting on their mortgage payments well, and I hope that the mortgage payments pass off to the renters too. Oh, for sure. I think it'll be both. Like that's the only way that makes sense, right? It's just like landlords aren't allowed to collect rent and banks aren't allowed to collect mortgage payments. I don't know how to work. I'm not a, you know, politician or lawyer or whatever. Don't understand the contracts, but I'm assuming you really? have me fooled. Yeah, I'm pretty smart, I thought. <laughs> but uh but anyways, fucking uh <laughs> I couldn't resist that chance. Yeah. No, all good. It was perfect. Uh I, I would assume you still owe that money, so it'll just be an extra amount depending I on the amount of months that it's not paid. Exactly. It'll pretty much just be like your mortgage plan from what I read off the Italy situation. Or like rental because you're, you're still your, Or your renter. Yeah. Like your, yeah. your lease will get expend, extended a month and so will your mortgage, but you just like don't have to pay for that like month or however long that time is, right? Where And like you, they can't charge interest on that or anything. Like it's... You know, it's pretty much like a month of free oh, living, so, but you have to. Pay but you would an have extra to extend it an extra month. Okay. Gotcha. Well, I, I don't. I shouldn't see that for rent. I don't actually know about your lease, but for your mortgage, you definitely do, right? Because, like, say you owe two hundred fifty thousand dollars on your mortgage, and you're paying five hundred dollars every two weeks. It's not like if you do that for four weeks, it's not like you owe two hundred fifty three thousand dollars on your mortgage. You still owe that or that or two forty eight or whatever I said. You still owe that original amount. It just like you get like a month of like you don't have to pay and make a mortgage payment. Yeah. You know, so that that's from my understanding. But obviously, again, we just want to make that clear. We're not spreading that that's what Canada is doing or the states wherever you live. That's just stemming from what Italy has done because they've been the ones minus China and Asia that have been hit the hardest. So we'll see how that happens in Canada. But again, getting we're getting too close to politics. So let's let's move away from that. Let's um, we're going to talk about. Like what happens when the league does come back? Obviously, it's it's tough to say. There's a lot of different options. And the unfortunate thing is, and from my perspective, is there are so many questions that just don't even, you, we're not even close to having answers on. The big one is being, how long is this going to last? So we're obviously going to be speculating here. But in my personal opinion, as a fan, there's no way you can cancel the season. Like this could go on for a year and I think you, maybe you cancel the rest of the regular season and go into the playoffs right away. But I, I feel like you have to award, like if not, this 70 games was for nothing, you know? And maybe I'm biased and Kyle's, if, if he's agreeing with me, he's probably biased too. There were Oilers fans, everyone listening, or most of the people anyway are going to be Oilers fans. It would be such an absolute shame to miss out on one of the best seasons in recent Oilers history in the last like 15 years because of this, I, I feel like you've got to give those teams that made the playoffs, like they did their work. You, you've got to, 
you've got to start the playoffs at the minimum. What do you, what do you think, Kyle? Like, do you think that there's a, a situation where it would make sense to just cancel and start over, like start fresh with next year? Well, I think that you have to be considerate of giving players an ample amount of time to recover after the season. Like, even though they're getting like technically recovery time for right sure. now before it too for, for the playoffs in the season, they're going to need on ice time to knock some rust off too, like at least a week or two. But do you like for, so do for you sure? Think but I'm just saying there the needs nine- to be an off season for everything to happen still, right? So it just it, it depends on how long this lasts. Right now, they're looking into arena dates till the end of July, and right, I think which that typically if it, the playoffs end. That's right. That extends to the end of July or starting in the end of July? Uh, extends to the end of July. So typically, yeah. so they're looking at two months of a postponement then because typically the Stanley Cup final is the start of June. Exactly. So they're doing the end of July. So they're looking at a two-month break and then doing the, the rest of the regular season and playoffs. So if that happens, then I think that you could still get away with a you know, maybe starting the the week at the or sorry, not the week, the uh the regular season at the end of October or like third week of October rather than the first or second week, depending on the year. Um Yeah, I Oh, I, like you're talking about doing like wrapping that up and then having a shortened off season and starting the twenty twenty one season like a I'm couple saying weeks in, later. In an ideal situation, right? Or Infinite, even maybe you play maybe you play sixty games next year and start. Well, that in, was like, going to be my next December. point. That was going to okay. be my next point, right? At Sorry, what point does it be, No, all good. At what point does it become uh, like we have basically a lockout year, like we had, where it's a half season, right? So right. we might still play, even if it's not. Um, the last what ten to twelve games, depending on the team, uh, going into the regular season, postseason there, and then playing the full postseason. Maybe we just play five regular season games, or something like there has to be some agreement that's come between the NHLPA and the owners. So, I mean, to speculate on that decision is well, really, really tough, right? I'm, so, I'm with and you. what like, they do I, in playoffs, much... like, do they go best of five, best of threes, best of sevens? It's just, it, I don't, it's just, and that's yeah. another, op, that's an interesting option. Maybe you do your first round as like a best of three, even though that's like, is that ideal? No, but at least it's still like you're doing a series and you're, you just cut down on like a week of hockey there. You just condensed a week of hockey. I seen somebody on uh, our hockey on Reddit make kind of a cool mention doing it in a bit way how uh baseball does it. So with the wild card teams on the Western and Eastern Conference, the next two teams below them would play have for to, a chance to be the eighth seed, pretty much in a one game series. Right, and that because that's the thing is if you look at point percentage, and just if they skip the rest of the regular season, I think Winnipeg is the big one where like they get screwed. Mm-hmm. Winnipeg and was it? Uh, Winnipeg and Minnesota, I think, are the two that are within like yeah, that's it. Yeah, Minnesota was like, like a point or two, and they also have like a less game played, so like they just get screwed because they haven't played as many games, more or less, potentially. So that yeah, that's a big one. I I it's tough. Like I and that's kind of why I go like you have to play out at least a portion of the regular season, like you said. 
or have some type of play in where maybe you take the like you give the top three teams in each division playoff seeding. And then instead of going, you know, what would be either four or five in each, you know, or four or four in each division, whatever those next like three teams are and play them, do some type of like round robin. I don't know. Like you feel like you've got to give those teams a shot because like the owners, the GMs, the players, the fans are going to be furious if they don't get a chance to make the playoffs. Just like we would if we weren't one of those top three teams. Like luckily for the Oilers, our only fear is that they cancel the season. Because if they do the playoffs, even if they decided to do four teams, like two division or two teams from each division, just to lose a round of the playoffs, we're still in. We would just be playing Vegas in like the hypothetical second round. Not that I think that's a realistic option, but... Well, John, look at how close the Pacific Division was, right? Like if we lost two games this season that we won, we would be tied with Calgary... And I'm pretty sure we're below them well, and it's in the Vancouver tiebreaker, right, right? So I think Calgary is the wild card, man. So like Vancouver, for as far as points percentage. Oh, right. Vancouver got bumped up, right? So, yeah. But they're still 79 points. Yeah, for sure. Like yeah, like anyways, yeah. So like we're pushing wild card at that point, right? Absolutely. So the Pacific Division, with how tight it was, we're very lucky to be where we're sitting anyways, whether it's canceled or not. Like we had a successful season. But if there is a postseason... And being in that top three, if that's how it is figured out, like we locked the fuck out. We did. And I mean, they earned it. Like it's not like as fans we locked out for sure. But just, we're, I mean, just point wise, it's so close, really. Like they played it, they earned their spot, but just point wise, how close it is, like just crazy. Like we, we could eat very easily be out, right? Just, yeah. uh, yeah. I- insane, man. Yeah. Without a definitive, like, what are we going to do plan? And or playing out the season or canceling it. Like, what if they draft? What if they cancel the season? How does the draft seeding work? What if like, obviously you've got your like worst teams that can go into the lottery already. But what about those teams in the playoffs? There is no playoffs. There is no Memorial Cup. Well, and that's exactly it. It's like, where like does, where does Washington get seeded in the first round, for instance? Are they like, since like they're just first, they would have, you know, so they're, they're what they're, they draft 31st, even though they could have gotten knocked out in the first round and now they're drafting 17. So it, there's a lot of implications here. Same thing with free agency. Like you can't do any of that. Contracts can, contracts can expire. Excuse me. So it's one of those things that's so difficult. Like, how do you like, like I, I do not want to be you in have, Gary Bettman's shoes right now. You have now, two lottery drafts. You have one for everybody out of the playoffs and one for everybody in the playoffs. I mean, I, that's probably, that's how they would probably do it. Like that's a good solution, but it's still like, I mean, it's still stupid. I well, agree. It's, it's not even stupid. It's just yeah. a clusterfuck, man. Like, it's like, how do you yeah. do that? I do want to, we're going to wrap it up here right away, but I do want to mention one other thing. So, If the league, and this is going to be kind of a sad moment, but if the league either cancels or goes straight into playoffs, some things as Oilers fans are missing out on. One is having back-to-back seasons of two teammates hitting 100 points. And tied to that, McDavid misses out on, I mean, he was at 97 points. He for sure would have cracked 100. He misses out on four consecutive 100-point seasons, which hasn't been done since Brett Hull did it in 93 on and Mario Lemieux's streak also ended in 93, where I believe he had a six peat there. But no active player has done that 
Ovi is the next closest. He did it three years, I think, from 07 to 2010. So, I mean, I know that's not why we play, but as fans and as someone personally that likes stats like a lot of hockey fans do, it, it makes me really sad at the thought of if if the league does cancel or skips right into the playoffs that Connor's going to miss out on that, like, that accolade, and it's always going to have an asterisk next to it. Obviously, the positive is is Drysaddle's got the Art Ross locked up, likely the Hart locked up, other than maybe like Hellebuck could probably push there. But I think it's it's hard to make an argument for any other player, honestly, just with how many points he was producing, as well as kind of a positive and a negative, depending on how you look at it. The Oilers have the fourth fourth best power play of all time currently. They're about half a percent low, so they likely wouldn't have caught it. But I, I just, it's one of those things with a shortened season, you're always going to have an asterisk next to that too, where I would have obviously preferred them to play the full 82. Maybe they catch third or just solidifies the fourth best power play of all time. And you know, if we cancel that season, we'll never know how the fourth best power play of all time transfers into the playoffs when there's less penalties and tighter defense and goalies get typically hotter or, or fail. I mean, but still, so not to, you know, add more to, negative I just to say, situation. No, Sorry, to add on to the silver linings, man, like it, we can really only go up from here as a team. For sure. Right. Like that, even if the season was completely canceled, how young like, we are for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I, and I think, we have a great GM Oilers, now making good moves. And here's the thing too. So, Unless we go into full quarantine, like you've got to imagine, let's say after a week, two weeks of these players getting like recovered, fully healthy, doing things like yoga and swimming and stuff to loosen up and like get over any nagging injuries. Think of what players like, I mean, obviously McDavid Dryset will come back, but even look at how young our team is. Think about all those guys getting into offseason training healthy, not having just gone through the playoffs and at that age and getting more time in the off season. Like I, and like not just the Oilers league wide, I think you could see a big jump going into next season, or even if it's like two months off and then they get into playoffs. I think once they knock that rust off of like the first couple of games, whether they play exhibition games to get into it, I don't know what's going to happen there or just the first round, you're going to see some guys in like, one, fresh as hell, and two, getting a little bit more training under them and, like, you know, confidence and everything like that. So it could be a wild playoffs once, you know, hopefully this comes back. Yeah. Uh, so there, thank you for that, Kyle. We ended on a positive. <laughs> <laughs> you have anything else to add there? Mike? No, I, I think we covered everything we needed to. We got a little bit deep on the coronavirus talk, but uh, but I'm happy with what we did. I, I think we covered everything. Yeah. I'm looking forward, honestly, to our future episodes here with uh, with what we mentioned that we we're planning to do. Again, it's a historic moment. There's sad things that are going to happen here. It's it's just it's just crazy to be living through right now. I guess is the only thing I can say. Yeah, it is crazy. And kind of on a finishing note, obviously, to all of our listeners and all others fans out there, obviously, take care of yourself. Be smart. Um, you know, do your best to stay healthy and obviously take care of your loved ones and prepare for the worst. You know, it, it doesn't have to be a, a doomsday, you know, prepping with, with shotgun shells and shotguns or anything like that, but just make sure you've got supplies 
And, you know, if there's something you need to get, make sure you get it sooner than later and, and be prepared. So we obviously hope the best for everybody and everybody staying safe and healthy and, uh, yeah, have a, uh, hopefully an enjoyable start to your week here. We're definitely going to be eager to see what's going to be coming out from the, the government and statistic wise and everything and what's going to, you know, happen lifestyle wise in Canada here and elsewhere, but take care of yourselves and we will chat at you guys on Thursday. I was hoarding shotguns.